Welcome to the Cackalack Panthers Chat Podcast, coming to you quasi-live from the Gate City. Folks, we are the official, unofficial Carolina Panthers Podcast. The statements made on this show do not necessarily represent the opinions of those individuals making them. Opinions may change on the fly, after conscious deliberation, or for no reason whatsoever. And finally, as Mel likes to remind us, we are grossly unqualified to give our opinions on professional football players, but we in no way let that stop us or even give us pause. My name is Adam. I am one of your three hosts tonight. I have here with me BK and Will Stradamus. Are y'all ready to get started? Let's do it. Let's do it. All right, BK, who is tonight's sponsor? Thanks, Adam. Tonight's podcast is brought to you by the Indianapolis Colts Interim Coach Hiring Committee. When qualifications are less important than keeping it in the family. <laughs> also known as the ICIHC. No. What? <laughs> Indianapolis Colts Interim oh. Hiring <laughs> Committee. Yeah. Yeah. The Icky. <laughs> Caught you off guard on that one. I wasn't ready for that. Coming with me now. Wasn't ready. All right. So, Wilstradamus, how did we do this week? Uh, go go ahead and hit it because we lost. You gotta go two times. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we we lost we lost bad. Um, uh, I I don't I actually I don't know if the Panthers even played in that game. You know, <laughs> yeah. uh, I I don't know if they did. I did not see him on the field. Uh. PJ obviously had a miserable stat line. was was benched at half. I would assume that was to keep his confidence from torpedoing or something. I I don't know what the what the logic behind that was because we we know now that PJ will be the starter uh, Thursday night. Yep. Um, Baker played better than he had in garbage time relief. Um, and you know, the, at, at 35 to zero, uh, that that's, that's the point at which I, I cut on the game actually. <laughs> Ouch. And, uh, yeah. And you, were, were you just not convinced that what you were reading on your phone was correct? <laughs> I, I had to, I, I had to see it. Have to see it to believe it. Is there literally a train wreck happening out there? <laughs> These apps must all be wrong. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I mean, that's, it, it doesn't get much worse than that. Maybe the only defeat that I have witnessed that is was more painful to behold was I guess it would have been the 2018 Steelers game the 50 something to 14 defeat or whatever it was I was it's it's as bad as games get it's as bad as games get and that's that's the long and short we should be thankful that the uh Bengals took their foot off the pedal because uh I think I was texting you all that Five out of the first six drives they had, they scored touchdowns on. Yep. I mean, it was just ba-bam, ba-bam, ba-bam. Uh, at one point, about midway midway through the uh, second quarter, the Bengals had 276 yards to our 19. Oh, my God. And, um, and it felt like it. Yeah, I don't know what the logic behind pulling P.J. at that point was. I really don't. Maybe it was just to preserve his confidence. Uh, because, you know, I mean, the, the game was out of, I mean, the game was out of hand yeah. halfway through the second quarter. So, you know, what are you, what are you preserving at that point? I mean, I thought it might be better for him to get some reps. The team did not help him. I mean, there, there were some easy drops that shouldn't have, uh, occurred that would have converted some first downs for us there in the 
first half. I don't, I don't, we had one first down converted in the first half and that was on a penalty. I mean, I think that's right. Yeah. And so it was, it was as bad as it could get. And it's just so crazy coming from the highs of the last couple of weeks, you know, even in a loss to Atlanta to seeing, I mean, the wheels fell off the Panthers. I mean, I mean, just fully fell off. I, it was inexplicable. I mean, it looked like the Bengals were the greatest team that had ever donned, you know, a uniform and stepped onto the field. Uh, I mean, just what happened to the the defense? We it, saw what happens when when a really bad team goes from playing another bad team to playing a probably playoff caliber team. You yeah. know, it's it's just yeah. yeah. This season has been a little bit odd when you look at particular games, wins and losses, and some of the teams that are out there, their records. I mean. Uh, Bengals were in the Super Bowl last year, weren't yeah. they? I mean, mm-hmm. so, and I know their record hasn't been good, but they haven't lost that much from their Super Bowl team that we should all of a sudden assume that they're as bad as their record was. But we had certainly been playing better than we played. I mean, goodness gracious. Um, I think it's really important also to put blame where it belongs. Because last week there was someone on this podcast who said, I'm not real concerned about Joe Mixon. Yeah. Dude went off for five touchdowns and a million yards. So, Will, has thanks. any Has any running back ever scored five touchdowns in the history of the I NFL know. before? I, I mean, I, he must have tripled his touchdown total. Yeah, I think he had 150 yards and three or four touchdowns before the half. Yeah, he did. I think it was four. He only had two on the season coming in. Yeah. So and people were and and people were like, "What's happened to Joe Mixon?" You know. It was, yeah. I mean, uh, and that's crazy. That's bonkers. That's 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 totally bonkers. But Baker, his stats look good, but like you said, Adam, they the the Bengals pulled their foot off the pedal. That was mostly second string yeah, folks. They were letting sure. them get reps. So they, I don't know. They, they had some injury issues. They were just sure, monitoring the, sure. the reps. I, I mean, our run game where we went from Deontay Foreman last week, crushing it to, uh, I think he had, he had 23 yards. We only had 60 something yards overall rushing, which is pretty ridiculous. Uh, one positive Pinero hit his extra points, which could have helped us last week. Yeah. 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 I, in, in cases like that, though, you know, the running game is going to be affected because when you're playing from that far behind, there yeah. is no point in running the no. ball, you know. So um, hopefully that's not a sign of of things to come in that regard, because we, we had he had Deontay had 200 plus or two 100 plus uh, yardage games, you know, back to back. And uh, yeah. Wow. And I, I will say that, it, as I understand, the, the Bengals' run defense is, is one of the better run defenses in the NFL. Uh, I think the Bucks were also supposed to be a fairly elite run defense, but I don't think that's really manifested in, in their play on the field. No. Um, but yeah, the, the Bengals, I mean, not only did they have the advantage of getting up early, um, but they they just, I mean, they, they stuffed everything. One interesting stat that I saw today was that um, in, in some weird statistical anomaly, every team that plays the Panthers and wins literally loses the next game that I they play. I saw that. That is so crazy. Yeah. So That's it'll so be crazy. interesting to see if the Bengals, now 6-3, and three, which is not bad, no. you know, lose and are 6-4 and four as of next week. So. Yeah. Yeah. Be interesting. That that is that's a really odd stat. 
Yeah, I I feel like I, I wonder if it's kind of like what's happening in our fantasy league right now. Like I I've been scored on more than anyone. Like I mean, people just drop in. People average like seventy seven points a game. I feel personally attacked by this, and then because they drop I their almost best. beat you on the yes. greatest day I've had yes. all season, but I still lost. Yeah, but, uh, well, yeah. my team's badass though, you know, yeah. and so yeah. it deserves to win. But yeah. it's just crazy because every time that I play somebody, they're dropping like double the amount of points that they're normally dropping. Yes. And uh, you know, and I feel like I wonder if that's happening on some level with the Panthers. Like every team, you know, these teams are just having bad weeks and then they come in and then just they just have their best game against the Panthers you know unfortunately I think there's a a certain level of control that should play into this conversation because I know we all like to think that we control our fantasy teams yeah and I'm not sure that we do I don't um Whereas the Panthers actually can control what this, happens. This to them isn't on the, the field. tone that I'm normally used to hearing from you, no, BK. You know, know, when you're at the top of the league, it's like. Well, I'm know. not in first this year, so I mean, this is definitely a crapshoot that fantasy thing. <laughs> but yeah, no, I I hear you. I, I I'm telling you, every week I I feel like I have the same conversation at home. April and I are like did you see this team beat that team? And how's this team winning? And how's yeah. this team losing? But it, it really is. I, this this whole season has been really odd to me. Teams that are winning, teams that are losing. It's, I mean, it's kind of weird. Speaking of teams that are losing, our Mighty Panthers have had a number of interesting trade proposals come their way. Uh, the trade line deadline is passed now. Um, but, uh, you know, I think you guys might have some thoughts about things that we did or things that we didn't do with regard to Brian Burns and DJ Moore. BK, starting off with you. You know where I am on this. <laughs> that offer for Brian Burns, and I I believe Brian Burns is probably the best player we have left on our team by far, by far. But when you are rebuilding to the point that the Panthers are rebuilding, and we know that as, as much as we love them, truly honestly competing is not going to be something that changes in a year. The fact that we could have had two first rounds and a second round, and I know they weren't, you know, next year and they were spread out over the next couple of years, but having multiple first and multiple second round picks in multiple years upcoming is something that If we were smart, and I know there's a lot of ifs. There's always a lot of ifs when it comes to the draft. As much as we all like to junk talk each other, there's ifs with everything. Of course, there's an if with the number one prospect. There's an if with the guy you pick in the second round. But when you have that kind of capital, whether you use the pick where you have it or you trade it either for another pick or for a veteran, um, you just create so many opportunities and with the large number of needs that the Panthers have at this point, you know, I, I think at some points we have all perhaps erroneously believe we're, oh, just one player away or we're this guy away. We're pretty far away. Yeah. And um, as much as I love Brian Burns, that turning down that offer of two firsts and a second, I think is going to going to haunt us a little bit especially because he's not necessarily under control for too much longer. His granted, I know we can, you know, uh, we can franchise him for a year after his contracts up next year, but oof, if he walks, 
and the next year we don't have anything to show for it, that's going to sting. Mm-hmm. Will? And I, I think to add on to that right there, there is the potential of, you know, we, we have made such a strong statement in favor of Brian Burns. He now comes to the table with a lot of negotiating power. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, I, I am not one who advocated for the trade um, of, of Brian Burns. I will, you know, two firsts and a second. I think the second was a 2023 and then, you know, the, the first were 24 and 25. The Rams do seem to be on, uh, they're they're declining and 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 pretty rapidly. I, I think um, they will likely be probably somewhere in the in the mid round. And you know it, it is it, it is tough. I, I may even have kind of changed my my position a, a little bit. Brian Burns is is great, but as we saw yesterday, our defense that has been built to be to be light and fast, it is not the best way to build a defense. You know, I, I think our defense recently has gotten beaten up a lot more uh, than than perhaps in the past, where we had some some more solid guys. You know, some some bigger guys. Brian Burns, you know, with with Hassan Reddick on the other end. I think he, I think our pass rush was, was probably better. And, you know, I am sure that with two firsts and a second, we, we likely could have found another guy who, who maybe fits our, our, our defense a, a little bit better, you know, in, in terms of what we want to build going forward. I, I think we've seen that, that Phil Snow's, you know, kind of obscure scheme is is again not not a going to be a premier NFL defense unless all of your players or the majority of your players are are you know bordering on at least elite. Um, so so perhaps we should have traded him. I, I guess ultimately, uh, it, it when when or if he signs that next contract will will be really telling. I think yeah. we can we can have you know some some great hindsight at, at that point. Um, but I do agree. You know, you you amass picks and and you can rebuild a team. I, I do think the argument against that is that the team is already so young that we don't necessarily need to amass picks for a rebuild. It's also so heavily dependent. You know, the ifs that BK was talking yeah. about on your GM and and making sure you know you you have the right guy as as a GM who can who can hit on. You know, I, I think when you're rebuilding a team with a lot of draft picks, you need to be hitting around 60 to 70 percent on on those guys if if you really want to make a push um anytime soon um so i just you know it it, collecting picks isn't the end all be all but we are because we are so far from having a a complete team it's it's not it's not a bad idea adam yeah i i think i've changed my mind on this which bk is probably over there gloating a bit right now Uh, but also too, BK is gloating. I, I don't know. Well, first of all, the fact that there was a second thrown in there too, I think is new news. At least it was to me. So I didn't know that that's what the turndown was before, but you know, I, I like Brian Burns. Well, I will say to BK's credit real quick. She did say that it was three picks and, and I said that I had only seen, seen two, but, but you were pretty adamant that a few meant more than two in, in your true. mind. So that was, that was correct. That's true. Yeah. yeah so you know, I think all of you guys have made the the right remarks here. We don't really know what's going to happen in the contract negotiation. I agree with you, Will, that the overwhelming amount of love and support, which on the one hand I get from the Panthers organization for Brian Burns, 
does put him into, well, it's not going to be him negotiating. And let's be real. It's going to be his agent that's negotiating and his agent's going to come to the table real hungry. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, and he should. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. But, you know, for all of that and because of the place where the defense is right now and that was never more uh, readily apparent than last week, you know, I, I would I would be more inclined to take that offer now than I would have been before. And I think about that from a number of, of situations. Brian Burns, I think he had seven and a half sacks his first year, nine each of the last two years. He's now the focal point of the defensive line. He's got six right now. I mean, he's probably on track to do 10 or 11. But, I mean, I mean, those are good numbers. But they're not like 15, 16 sack season kind of numbers, you know. And for the, what was being put on the table, man, I mean, that's – you know, you might be able to get that 15, 16 sack guy with one of those first or do what Miami did. And BK, you've been on this where they used those um, that draft capital to get some big time players, Tyreek Hill being one of them. Yeah. Um, and and move the ball. Waddle. Around. Yeah, Waddle, you know, and so they're a significantly better team and seem to have improved. And, you know, things like the Jets. I mean, the, the Jets are the surprise of the season, but they've got young players. They've uh, they've accumulated a lot of draft capital over the last few years, and it's the the benefits right now are paying off for them. So you know, I just we all want to be in that seat, you know, as Panthers fans, and it's crazy to say we want to be in the Jets seat. My God, yeah. it hurts. How far <laughs> we have fallen? How it far we have fallen? Now, what y'all think about? Uh, apparently, there's also talk that DJ Moore, that uh, Panthers were offered a first rounder for DJ. Any similar feelings or still on the let's keep DJ, Will? I love DJ. I I think you have to have one really good player on your offense, one really good skill position player on your offense uh, to pair with your, you know, hopefully future franchise quarterback. I don't know. Now, I will say the the. The word was that it was the Packers offering the first round pick, and as as we're seeing r- right now, the Packers' first round pick might be like in the top fifteen, if right. not the top ten. Yeah. Um. So that is that is good, but DJ has has proved his worth as a first round receiver, and I also think you know the contract we've signed him to yeah. is is really really favorable to to the Panthers. Um. I don't know if I would be you know as as things stand right now. Um, if I would be as quick to ship him off as, as maybe Brian Burns, but you know, I, yeah, I, I think I would keep DJ. I think I would keep DJ. The concern I think with DJ and you pointed this out was just that he can opt out in two years. I believe, I think think he gets to opt out after, so not next year, but like after 24, he can opt out. Um, but I tend to be on your side on this. Will I, I think that, you do have to have something there for whoever's going to be the guy that comes in and throws. And a, and a first-round draft pick would be nice, but I don't know that you get as much bang for your buck back on that as you do for two first and a, and a second with the Brian Burns deal. So Yeah, we're talking swapping a, a first-round draft pick for, for a hopeful a, uh, yeah, first yeah. round. Yeah, and, you know, DJ's proven his value, man. He He's had nobody's throwing to him, you know, his career, and he's still just been as productive as any – wide receiver out there so yeah I I think that's one I would have sat on and not not done the deal yeah when it comes to just one pick in return that's where you really have to weigh the risk of do we swing and miss on that one and then we're left with nothing 
as opposed to here's three picks yeah. where hopefully you hit on at least one of them where you use one of them to trade for someone who has proven themselves in the league already, um, kind of like a Tyreek Hill type deal. But, um, you know, certainly not as uh, easy to jump at as the two firsts and a second that was offered for, for Burns. And I, I agree with everything that everyone has said, that you do have to have some continuity on a team. I mean, that's important. And DJ's a good – he's a good wide receiver. You know, I, I don't know that he's ever going to be elite level where he's leading the league in, in receptions or touchdowns, but a lot of that's, a you know, a fa- related to who's throwing him the ball. Yeah, true. You know, if we ever get a great quarterback in the next couple of years, and that might entice him to stay if, if in the next – Few years if either Matt Corral works out or Drake May. Oh, we're not going. <laughs> Can't do it. Or if in the next draft we we pick up someone and DJ feels that connection and sees that he could have some serious increase to his output, mm-hmm. then perhaps he could hang around for a little bit longer. So I'm not as sold on that one as I am on man. I think we missed the boat there on uh, a great opportunity. Um, obviously that would be a loss to our defense. It would be a loss to our franchise. Cause I think Brian Burns right now is kind of the face of our franchise now yeah, that McCaffrey's gone. For sure. But at the same time, I mean, I, I think we all felt when Christian McCaffrey left that it was going to be this huge void and the team's gotten better since he's been gone. And we got more than I think we all anticipated we would get in return from McCaffrey and two firsts and a second is a lot more than I think we could really expect for almost anyone that's that's a lot to offer it's a hole it is really a hole it's just crazy to think what was on the table for McCaffrey who I think is is still a top five running back in the league and to see what was on the table for Brian Burns like how much how much love he's got out there amongst GMs you know in front offices you know to throw two two first and a second out there that was that's big. And it definitely, it also speaks to positional value and, and the Rams' desperation. As well. I, I don't, I do not understand why the Rams thought, you know what we really need to make our <laughs> ridiculously underperforming team get back to, to the playoffs, you know, to the promised land, wherever. We need Brian Burns at defensive end. Let's toss what few picks remain yeah. in the next three years oh, yeah. at the Panthers for this guy. Um, I don't, what was, what did we ship McCaffrey off for? A second, third and a fourth. Yeah. Yeah. So I, uh, and, and, you know, I, I think just in terms of skill level, it is inarguable that Christian McCaffrey is a better player oh, yeah. than Brian Burns. For I mean, sure. he is a blue chip elite talent and I don't think Brian Burns has reached that status. So yeah, it's 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 pretty crazy. All right, BK, what is the fun topic of the week? Thanks, Adam. This week's fun topic of the week focuses on the other football, the football that the rest of the world loves. That's right. We are two weeks away from the start of the World Cup. So this week's fun topic is going to be two parts. First part we're going to start with is, who is your pick to win the World Cup? Spice, who's winning the World Cup? Argentina. Anything else you want to add? (laughs) 
Of course, I want the USA to win. We have a lot of young talent on the U.S.'s team this year. I mean, really the most exciting group of players that I can remember in a really long time, uh, led by Christian Pulisic. And so I will certainly be pulling for them, perhaps even taking some time off of work to watch them play, um, as has been tradition in the past. But uh, I don't know, despite their youth and talent, if they have uh, the the players and the tools to necessarily win the world cup, though I hope they advanced at least into the, uh, the knockout stages. So, uh, with all that being said though, I am picking Argentina because I think this is going to be Lionel Messi's it is. last world cup. Yep. And I think they do have some very, very good players on that team this year. Although getting older, you know, their, their team is not nearly as young as it used to be, but maybe they'll play some inspired ball and get who I believe has been maybe the, greatest player to ever play you know his world cup trophy so following after the steps of the late diego maradona i like it i like it will stradamus who's winning the world cup well you know i since i can see these things in my my crystal ball um it's it's going to be i so i don't i don't watch much football but i do know this guy I think his name is Cristiano Ronaldo, <laughs> and uh, I believe that he plays for not Argentina but Portugal. That's right. <laughs> I get them confused because I'm pretty sure they're you know all on the same continent, right? Oh, oh no, oh uh, but anyway. <laughs> oh boy! I think he's. Uh, I think he's pretty good. I've heard he's better than Messi. Oh, um, that's a good argument. And I just really love how me first he is. You know, he's really a ball hog. Uh, he likes to dribble around a lot and show off his skill moves. And uh, my my buddy, my former roommate, Marlon, has always been a huge uh, Barcelona fan. But he is, uh, he, he just, he liked to play with, you know, Cristiano Ronaldo and, and FIFA because he could do all the five-star skill tricks. Um, so I'm, I'm a, I'm a Ronaldo guy. Ronaldo actually played for the arch rival of Barcelona. And, and I do recognize that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I think I got that wrong. Actually. Marlon's a Madrid fan. I'm, I'm sorry. Ah, Marlon. There you go. Yeah. Yes. All right. Yes. All right. BK, how about you? Adam, much like you, I am hoping that the U S has a great showing and I completely agree. There's a lot of young talent on the U S. Um, I do think it's funny, and I think it's a product of U.S. soccer that we're still calling some guys young talent that in other countries would have probably been in a World Cup by now. Yeah. Um, so, but I'm real anxious to see how they do on the big stage. I'm hopeful that they come out and at least advance into elimination knockout rounds. And uh, like you, I am... I am looking forward to the day after Thanksgiving. Yes. England, USA. I will be off. Wales. No, England, USA is the day after Thanksgiving. Oh. Oh, yeah. Well, we start off with Wales. We start off is that with on a Wales. Sat- a Saturday? It's like a Monday or Tuesday. Oh. And then that Friday, we play England, Got day it. after Thanksgiving. It's kind of reminiscent to me of when the U.S. women played England oh, right yeah. out on the 4th of July. Yeah. I feel like, you know. Not necessarily the same mojo as like we got our independence from you and here we are kicking your butt on the right. world stage, but uh, we're we're real thankful we're not part of you anymore, and so we're <laughs> going to celebrate that way, and that would be great to do it with a win. But 
One of the teams that I always enjoy watching, I don't always think that they're most creative or the most fun to watch, but technically I feel like they're always sound, which just leads to consistency, which is really important over a month-long tournament, is Germany. Yeah. And so I always think they're a threat when it comes to a big tournament. Again, it's it's not the, the beautiful game that you're going to see some of the other teams play. Uh, playing but their consistency their technical nature uh and just i could see them pulling off a win so um obviously there's there's a lot of great teams in the world cup it's going to be fun to watch it'll be a uh, nice change of football for uh some of us panthers fans who are looking to maybe see some victorious uh teams yeah looking forward to it for sure yeah all right so Second part of the fun topic of the week is, let's bring it back to the Panthers. Let's try to imagine some of our favorite Panthers playing the beautiful game instead of American football. So I'm going to name a couple of our favorite Panthers, and I'm going to be honest, I'm leaving some linemen out because I just don't see how they transition well into soccer. Um, And I want you all to tell me what position you think these guys are going to play. I'm ready. All right. I'm going to start off kind of easy. Okay. I'm going to start with the guys who kick. Ah, good good, good call. All right, so we're going to start with those guys. So first, we've got Pinheiro. Spicy, what kind of position you see him playing? Uh, oof, bench. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. That guy's not, you know, he's not He's starting. not making the field? No, no, not at all. I like it. I like it. Yeah, and he's certainly not taking a PK. Oh, not with no, those, no. Not with those yips. No, no for sure. <laughs> Will, do you see Pinheiro out there? You know, Adam stole a really good answer, so I'm just going to leave it there. <laughs> yeah, I so I envision Pinheiro as the middle school soccer player whose parents just scream, kick it, kick it, and they cheer really loudly whenever they kick it really high or really far, and they don't understand that, you know, there should be some direction and, yeah. you know. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was my take on Pinheiro. Like it. All okay, right. now now I understand the creative license that we can take with this question. So. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> All right, so next up we've got Hecker. Johnny Hecker. He was yep. your boy, though, coming into this year, man. What do you think, Will? What do you mean he was my boy? Well, I remember in the pre-draft podcast. No, 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 not the pre-draft, pre, uh, pre-season uh, podcast. You were talking about like how he was one of the favorite guys that they brought in a free agency. Oh, uh, I, I don't recall that, but I'll, I'll believe it. Yeah, Hecker would be, Hecker would be a goalie. Um, I just think he would have to tone it down because he you know I, I think that leg he could he could click it kick it clear across the pitch so yeah I, I think he would be great at clearing that ball that's that's a really good answer because one he does have a boot on him and goalies have to have a big boot yeah and two he throws the ball well as we've seen in the creative uh, Panthers like it. Does, yeah so, i like that so i'm i'm gonna go with you on that will so i had him playing outside in the back because i see him delivering some just like awesome long crosses that some of the strikers could just crush in with their head. He's just so precise with his kicking that I see him coming out of the back, delivering some long balls uh, to uh, set the, those up front up with some goals. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Next up, we got Brian Burns. We haven't traded him, so we're going to still see what position he's playing in soccer. I'll start on this. I I would still see him playing a defensive role even as a soccer player. So I'm going to say he plays on the left-hand side. I'm going to say he will be he would be a left back. Okay. On a soccer team. Yeah. I like it. I like it. Will? 
Well, I'm I'm gonna go with with striker purely because I, I think he would enjoy the the change of pace. You know, I, I think he's used to being the center of attention, but now he would get to be the center of attention in an, in another way, and um, he'd probably get to take a little bit more time off than he does right now on on the defense. So <laughs> wow. I'm sure Good he'd point. enjoy that. Good yep. point. I have him as my goalkeeper, and here's why: the goalkeepers are. Um, the most athletic, oh. the smartest, <laughs> best looking. You could throw that in there. Um, and um, what I think Brian Burns brings is just incredible athleticism. And I could see him covering the eight yards wide by eight feet, feet high goal. And he just has great anticipation, which will also help him in goal. And um, I mean, being 6'5 you know, doesn't hurt either. That does not hurt one bit. And, I mean, you know, he's going to bring those spidey senses to just True. knock down True. everything. So I got Brian Burns in goal. All right, y'all. DJ. Where you got DJ Moore? I think I think I got to put DJ up top as a striker. Yeah. I'm with you. I think DJ's yeah. my striker. I mean, he just, you know, he, he's got that breakaway speed, you know, great feet, you know, feet, uh, footwork, whatever you want to say, you know, just to have that balance that he has when he's on the field. He's great at, uh, you know, yards after the catch, and I think that that would bode well for him once he had the ball at his feet, you know, with the defender, moving around the defender and uh, creating uh, lanes into space and that sort of thing. So, yeah, I think DJ's a uh, – he's a forward. He's a striker, whatever you want to call him. I like it. Well, where you got DJ? I was waiting for this one because DJ is probably my, my favorite player on, on the Panthers. DJ is a, a midfielder, 100%. He is – he's he's not flashy – um, obviously his stamina is incredible because he is constantly running these routes, not getting the ball or the ball is, you know, just being delivered way over his head or, or whatever. He's, he's got the conditioning and he's also, you know, he's never going to be your top scorer, but he is putting in the work behind the scenes and, and letting the, the glory go to the other guys. So that's, All right. that's good. I, I like I can it. Appreciate Spicy, that. like I said, I'm with you there. I, I, I see DJ up top. Just got a couple more here. Luvu. He's been one of our favorites throughout this season on defense. Where are we putting him? I would put Luvu in the middle as a midfielder. I mean, he's an absolute dog out there, man. I mean, he, he's running all over the field, I think, to the points you made there, Will. Um, you know, he's a defender on the Panthers, but I think he's just got a, a, an extra gear, uh, big motor just running all over the field to make plays and that's what you really need in a midfielder somebody who's willing to to gut it out going forward and coming back you know and not just waiting to be fed balls so i think he's a midfielder i i but i don't think he's a central midfielder though oh okay no i think he's probably out on the wing you know running the full sprints down the sideline like it Will. With that hair, he's I'm he, I'm keeping him on defense all the way. <laughs> yeah, that's that's in the hair is the only thing I have to back that up. Car- right, like Carlos Valderrama. Yeah. Oh man. Whew. That was Taking some hair. Back. Yeah. That was some serious hair. Luvu's got that though. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, I I actually have him kind of in a stopper position. I think he. Um, I I was leaning midfield because I think you know he is kind of a leader and organizer when it comes to defense, and I just think given his defensive nature is, uh, or you know at least the the role he plays on on the football field, I, I moved him back out of the midfield into kind of that. Um, central role in the defense, helping to keep people organized. Um, but yeah, that's where I that's where I see him. All right, PJ. I got PJ as a central midfielder, man. 
You know, I, I just think that's kind of the natural evolution for a, a a quarterback who's constantly dealing, dishing, you know, the rock, uh, the center midfielders, you know, that's, that's their role on a team is dealing and dishing, you know, and, and being the anchor for where, you know, the offensive play really happens on a soccer field. So I could see him doing that. Now, that being said, I don't think he's going to make it very long as a yeah. central, mid- central midfielder. I think he probably gets, you know, yanked after the first half. But, Does uh, Baker come in after? <laughs> <laughs> well. uh, uh, now, PJ is the striker that you always really think you think every time he gets that ball he might just do some bicycle kick craziness to score the game-winning goal in the world cup but he lets you down 90 (laughs) percent of the time and just kicks that ball clear over the goal into some poor fan's face you know and and that's that's pj I got it. I I have PJ in the midfield again. I I don't know that I've got him central because again I got questions about his ability to distribute still. But you know, th- those those midfielders on the outside they can still deliver that long ball in. Um, you know, I don't know that he's necessarily like our uh, specialist when it comes to free kicks or anything like that. That that might be more of a hecker job again, where we've got him lined up to make a real precise kick in there, but. Uh, I'm going to put PJ in the midfield. All right, y'all. Let's get ready for the World Cup. Let's do it. All right, y'all. We've got the Falcons on Thursday. Wilster Damas, what's your prediction? Oh, man. Uh, you know what? Maybe, because I've received so much blame in our group chat, maybe even hate mail. You hate, know, I, hate I, I text mail. Yeah, yeah. I just think that th- this week, Wilster Damas should perhaps keep his his mouth shut and not say anything d- do y'all have a problem with that i mean <laughs> i can uh, i can I give know. you something <laughs> um you know but i i don't i don't want to try to 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 reverse jinx us because i don't think that's going to work let's 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 just see it play out i don't, you know I, I don't think the panthers are going to win all right wait did you just say you were going to see how yeah. it played out and then you just and said and then he it. snuck in i don't think they're going to win that's typical uh you know, I think this is going to be a revenge game for the Panthers against the Falcons. Um, I think it's probably better, in fact, that they have a short week this week after the absolute total beatdown that they took to the uh, Bengals. And so hopefully it'll force them to get out there and practice uh, and in preparation for this week's game and just give them very little time to kind of dwell on that too much. I mean, it's at the end of the day it's just one game it was one abysmal game but uh you know hopefully they will find a way to pull it together um i'm i think they're gonna win it i think it's gonna be a low scoring affair uh and boa and um potentially some rain we'll see well mel is not here tonight but her prediction is a win so um we've got mel predicting a win before this past weekend, I thought this was going to be a win. I thought it would be a revenge game. I have some concerns, though, after what I saw this past weekend. Now, I know we've made some coaching changes. And uh, the last time we made coaching changes, we we came out pretty fired up. But um, I think we're going to drop a real close one. How close is close? Last time I said close, 
we went into overtime and should have won twice before we finally lost. I don't know that it can get closer than that, but I think it's going to be three points or less. That's that's the BK Stradamus for the week, the since BK. Will Stradamus is, is taking the week off. <laughs> all right, guys, that's the end of the show. But before we get out of here, we'd like to thank all the staff that helps make the, the show possible. Our chief program editor, Susan B. Cutting, our head of culinary affairs, Mo Salt, our inspirational but impatient preacher of a few words, Dr. Right Meow, our office intern, Anna Prentice, our on-call and never-stalled staff urologist, I.P. Freely, our Louisiana Bayou correspondent, Ali Gator, our director of geriatric care, Live Long, our Coastal Carolina meteorologist, Harry Kane, our Tom Brady liaison, Hugh Jass, our director <laughs> of advertising, Bill Board, our staff matchmaker, Anita Mann, and finally, our office pipe inspector, Lee King. <laughs> Before we get out of here, guys, do you guys have anything else? Keep pounding. Keep pounding. Oh, Panthers, keep pounding. Thanks so much for listening. Goodbye. Goodbye.